0: Sports marketing huddle. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me on today's show is Caroline Slaughter, multi-hyphenate creative, which means she does a lot of creative stuff. Caroline, great to have you back on the show.
1: I'm so glad to be back with you.
0: <laughs> Good. So you and I are two peas in the same pod. You've been on the podcast before, jamming about the creative side of things. And when the new year hit, we jumped on another call, and it was super good, and it was so good that we were like, wow, this needs to be a podcast. So guess what? This is going to be a podcast that is pretty much the same call that we had, but we're going to let you in on the conversation. And this is going to be something that is great, one, for everyone, but two, especially creatives, uh, three, people who want to... Uh, improve their personal development, and for people who want to work on their inside game. And what do we mean by inside game? And that's actually what we're going to start with. The internal practices that we work on that help us thrive. I think that when I look at my own success, and certainly yours, the maturation of how we work on the inside of our mind and our heart is what really helps us succeed.
1: Yes. I agree.
0: Good. So let's start with that. I know you mentioned to me that one thing that you're working on right now is scarcity. And this is something that is a big time challenge because I've certainly dealt with it before. And I've actually never even told the story I'm about to tell before. And I was always waiting for a moment and never thought about what the moment would be. But here it is. So within my journey of building Bacon Sports, and this is probably even like three years ago that this would happen, um, one of the challenges of building uh, this dream life has been the roller coaster nature of business coming in and out on the agency side of things. Things are crushing and then clients come and go. And sometimes you can go through a good amount of time where revenue just doesn't come in. And I was going through one of those periods of time And even though I was working on my personal development and my mindset, and I'm doing a lot of the habits that I was doing right now, I had a scarcity mindset around finances and money. And it got to the point where when I would go to Starbucks and get a coffee, the thought would pop into my head that would say, this barista is making more money than I am right now. And one, it was a real thing, but two, It spoke to the scarcity mindset that was in my head right now. And you can think about abundance mindset or scarcity mindset. Abundance, there's plenty of money flowing to me. But instead, what was coming in my head everywhere I was going, seeing people working just regular retail jobs and servers, and I'm like, they made more money than me today. And it's something that I will never forget. So that's how I'm going to start off this podcast.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a real thing, right? That fear when you go in, I mean, I've had that as well. And I think what I sort of did to shift that mindset was to realize that creativity is a currency. Um, Relationships are a currency, connections a currency, and to really start to work on the value, like what I'm worth, um, and also what I value. Like Rob, I've realized that I value time over money. So if I can have flexibility, like I'm negotiating something right now, um, that's a that's a work prospect, and it's like I'm talking to them about wanting more time and flexibility in my day so I can write, and then that's fine if I get paid a little less. Um, but, yeah, I think it's really getting to that core of what you value and how you value yourself.
0: I agree 100%, and there's a quote that uh, one of my coaches who – is the leader of a a group that i'm part of called creating school or creative school his name is jp morgan and as i was thinking about going into the group with him we had a one-on-one call and we were talking about this stuff and there was a mantra that he gave me freedom is more important than money and for me I agree 100% time is my most valuable asset. Of course, I want to make a ton of money. But when I'm reading my affirmations and what I'm going for in life, it is all around freedom. And the more free you are from things, strangely, the more money you make. So if I'm only focused on the money side of things, that is not going to help me succeed as much as I want creative freedom, freedom of decision, freedom of time, freedom of choice. And when you remove those shackles, things start to come towards you.
1: Yeah, and that's what you and I talked about too, was this idea of having, you know, you can call it um, like faith, you could call it um, trusting, but having this trust that the opportunities will come to you and you don't have to go out there and seek them or force them. Like, I don't know if, I mean, I've been in places of scarcity and fear where I'll send out so many emails and be like, Hey, here's my resume. Just, uh, you know, it happens in January when everything slows down and you're like, I need to find a full-time job. And then February when it starts picking up, you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. But I think as a freelancer, we go through those ebbs and flows and it's about really looking at that time where it's slow and trusting and working on the internal element of scarcity and and worth and being able to do that work and trusting that the opportunity will come to you. And let me tell you, I was in that place just a couple of weeks ago, you know, Rob, and look, I waited and something is coming in. So,
0: And I'm with you and I'm actually going to read... One of the, I have a file that I read every morning called Consistency to My Dream, and it comes from a a book called The Power of Consistency from Weldon Long. I recommend it so much. If you've never read this book, it's incredible. And essentially what Weldon talks about is we all have dreams, but the problem is we're not consistent enough in keeping our dreams top of mind. So he's like, what I want you to do is to create a good box. And what is the good box? A good box is the series of affirmations or phrases in your head that you read every single day to really help keep your dream and your good box good. Because if we're talking about scarcity, scarcity has no place in either of our good boxes. So instead, let's fill it with good stuff. And you know what? The very first thing in my good box is I have complete faith that everything will work out. And it has really been part of my journey, I think, over the last two and a half months. And this is a recent thing. Uh, and certainly the work that I've done with J.P. Morgan uh, has helped this as part of creating Is that school. really
1: his name? Is that really his name?
0: Quick side, quick side note, talk about a branding conundrum. I believe it's like John Patrick Morgan or John Paul Morgan, something like that. So like your friends it. all call you JP Morgan and you're like, oh, that's awesome. Until you get get going in life and you're successful and you're like, wait a second. If people <laughs> Google me, they're going to see the bank. That's a different conversation for another day. And by the way, I'm going to introduce you to him because you need to be part of what we're doing. The flow that this guy's teaching is completely on our level. Yeah, a little So back to what we were talking about. So the faith side of things. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to have complete faith that everything is going to work out. And the reason I'm starting to have more faith is because I know the work that I'm putting in for myself. And it really comes down to earned confidence. When you pay your dues every single day with the internal work that we're doing, that I have faith that meditation works. Why I just do? I know the calmness. I have faith that visualization works. I have faith that gratitude works. I have faith that affirmations work. I have faith that when I put good vibes out on video, that it's going to work, and that there's things outside of me that are working in positivity for me, and I'm a big believer in karma. So when I'm putting all these good vibes out, that eventually it's going to come back. The thing that most people can't handle is the timeline we are not in control of when the timeline of these good things happen. So the only thing that I can control is the action that I take and the way that I'm going to respond to those things. So you know what? I'm going to have faith so that when these tough times do come and I'm like, well, I've done it numerous times where I've had tough times. And every single year I find a way to land a gigantic client that blows my mind. So you know what? I'm just going to believe it's going to work. and I'm going to keep trusting the process.
1: And what do you know about yourself that sets you apart from others so that you know that you're unique and your vision's unique? What about you as a visionary sets you apart?
0: Well, one of the things is, and this actually comes from just Jesse Itzler, who over the last year has probably been the most impactful digital mentor of my life. And one of the stories that he tells is about how he learned when he was in um, high school or something to be a different brownie. And he tells this story about how he wanted to start a brownie company and his teacher asked him, he's like, Jesse, what makes your brownie different than any other brownie? And because of that, I've written down every day for the last year, I am a different brownie because I like being different. I'm a marketer, I'm a creative. Uh, I create a lot of content. So by design, I want to stand out and I want to be different, but guess what? You need that unique perspective And then to take that a step further, I like to look around at what the rest of the world is doing. And quite frankly, even though I am one of the most relatable people in the world, I actually don't relate to the overwhelming majority of the world because of the way that they think and operate and do things. So because of that, I know that I'm unique in the path that I'm blazing for myself because nothing is traditional about the way that I do things.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. Does that answer your question? It does.
0: (laughs) Good. So let's get to uh, some of the other things that we were jamming about. And one of them was my word of the year, give. And one thing that I liked about you is that you immediately got on my wavelength with this, but then you challenged me a little bit because we both have unique perspectives on the word give, because you can give a ton, but then guess what can happen people can take a lot from you. So you mentioned the word reciprocity. So can you expand a little bit more on that?
1: Sure. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure all of us listening have been in a place where we've needed a mentor or we've become a mentor to someone. And I know when I needed a mentor, I was very aware of the time that they were giving and and the energy. And so I was very grateful for that, but also is aware of how much I was taking from them. I don't know if everyone understands those energetic boundaries and that's fine. I think people are learning them as we go and we have to set them as the mentor too. So reciprocity is basically just, you and I have it very, very, it's very easy with us. You give and I give. There is, you don't leave the conversation feeling drained and you don't leave the conversation feeling like you didn't have anything to add to it. Um, and that doesn't, I'm not trying to challenge people to always be on, but also just listening is an ad, just listening, um, is, is definitely an added bonus. And that's a way to give back to someone if you don't have anything to share. Um, so I think that's what I mean. It's just that you can feel it when you're in a meeting and you leave drained. Um, reciprocity is a feeling and it's how I'm living my life this year.
0: That's amazing. And I would like to think that. So you mentioned energetic boundaries, but what about energetic uh, reciprocity? Because one of the things that I have written right in front of me is I did a SWOT analysis uh, heading into this year of my strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And you know what was listed in the threats category? Energy vampires. People who, whether they know it or not, they're going to take energy from you. And we do not get down like that. And you need to be very aware of energy vampires. And I think it is also important that listening is a big part of this. And if you just sit back and listen, and this is an actual action item I want you to do the next time that you're out and about, and I don't care if you're on on a train, in Starbucks, at a bar, just around other people, sit back and observe and let life happen in front of you. And I want you just to be aware of your surroundings and the conversations that people are having around you and just listen. And you know what you're going to hear? You're going to hear people talking over each other, people not answering questions and jumping in other things. You're going to hear the vocal inflections of people. You're going to hear how high or low people's sounds are. So oftentimes when you hear people talking over each other, someone just gets a little bit louder and overwhelms it like this. And All of a sudden, the dynamic of the way the rest of the world works is a series of people shouting over each other to say what they want to say. And I'm just sitting back listening, being like, oh my goodness, can you believe this is what's actually going on in front of me and nobody else realizes this?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a way, I mean, I get excited sometimes in conversation where I yes and someone, that's an improv term, you know it. Um, uh, But I feel like I'm really working on that listening element because there's so much you can pick up on a person too, just by listening. Um, but yeah, I think that's an excellent thing for people to do.
0: And we'll actually do another action item here. Cause you mentioned the yes and, and the yes and philosophy is fundamental to improv and comedy. And what it really says is, uh, if you go, Rob, look at this giant watermelon. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Let me go get the wheelbarrow. And I build on top of your scene. But what yes and is not, if you're like, oh my God, look at this giant watermelon. I'm like, that's not a watermelon. That's an ice skate dummy. It immediately shoots down the scene. So if you think in everyday life and in conversations, when someone brings something up, how quickly are you to say I or interject something about your input as opposed to being, you know, Caroline, that's amazing. And we're going to build on top of this because we all want to get our point across. But sometimes it's way more fun and it's way better to build on top of what everybody else is doing because they're going to feel good. You're going to feel good. It's going to get flow going. It's going to get positive energy. And for me, yes and is a core value of how we do things at Bacon Sports because it just is. I want a culture of people. Because when you live in a, a yes and world, I'm here to support you. So without us even saying it, you and I had an unspoken contract that this was going to be a yes and podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to your point about it being collaborative, yes anding, it facilitates collaboration. Um, Even if you are, if you're managing a team or you're in a team, just doing that maybe before your your weekly meeting, just like being able to yes and and each other in an exercise, which we used to do in improv. Um, And then, you know, it sort of leads into whatever you're brainstorming about or uh, a problem that you're working out. So
0: the last thing that I want to talk about is you actually mentioned that I lead a lot with my head and we're trying to explore more of leading with your heart and your feelings versus leading with your head and how you can deal with a series of emotions versus feelings versus the stuff in your head. Because as creatives and people who build the world in our own image, we just have a myriad of emotions. For me, I've become so process oriented. It is freaking ridiculous because I am, I was not like this originally, but I had to design this in myself because that's what was required for success because everybody loves to be creative. It's so fun. Let's think of ideas. When I was in college, I thought I was going to get a job at an agency as a brainstorming guy thinking of awesome stuff. And then I quickly realized, Holy smokes, Batman. Like That is not the most important part of it. It is the process that is a part of it. And then how do we deal with our heart? Because we so much want to do this, but then am I a starving and struggling artist? But I just love doing this out here. And then what are the feelings attached with all of this? Because you can be doing something that you love, but then no one's buying what you're doing. So now you're really down on yourself. And should you be down on yourself? Because you're feeling some sort of way and your feelings end up becoming your own worst enemy because you have these high expectations, but you're not meeting them. So now you don't feel good, but you should, because you're still doing what you love. And the mixture of all of this together is just, how in the world do we figure this out? Does any of that
1: make sense? It does. It does. Tell me what...
0: Tell me what comes to your mind right now when I talk about that jumble.
1: Well, it's interesting because the first thing I'll say is like, you're leading with your head there too, because you're breaking it down as a, you're breaking the process (laughs) down as a process. And like, I, I'm learning like just through, um, doing deeper work, um, with my screenwriting So like really tapping into what I call my truth and writing from that place, which is like the heart center. This is getting a little existential and woo-woo, but let's just go there for the sake of going there. But like going to your heart chakra and writing from that place, then you're also, as we talked about earlier, writing from a place of trust and writing from a place of of a source higher than yourself. So that's what I'm talking about. There's no way to really define it unless – well, here's an example. Here's something I've done. When I write from that place, then I can tap into a character really easily because I'm tapping into an energy of a character and I'm able to write the dialogue really easily. I'm not going to my head being like, okay, okay, let me look at the scene. Um, I mean, of course I beat out what the scene's going to look like, but I don't overthink it and overthink what the characters are saying to each other because I've tapped into it from a very heart-centered place so heart is more flow head is more of that it's just a little bit more um it's not force but it's it's not flow to me at least but i would love a counter argument because you work from your head more
0: it's hard because i'm seeking flow and that's the thing is i'm so process oriented because I know that's where people struggle traditionally in business. Launching a podcast. Oh, I love the idea. Let me do it. But how many people fail at it? The overwhelming majority. Why? Because they're not committed to the process. So I break this down. As someone who's a host of shows, I break things down so that I can get better flow for it. But when I lose myself in creating it's almost just like one specific part of the process. Like traditionally the production side of the process, I'm not in flow. It's a necessary evil to do what I do. And it's weird because having, being a creative who struggles to create or be in flow doesn't make sense, but it's a regular occurrence for me where You create so often, and you know you can create, but I want to create from flow. And this actually transitions to the last part of this question is, when do we feel most in flow, and how can we replicate that? Because that's what I'm always trying to work on, and whether it's testing out, hey, should we bucket our time a little bit better, where I'm going to give myself permission to have an hour or two or three or four or a full day or a half day, To work on these projects without expectations because i find that the my flow is hardest when i put more expectations on myself but when i remove them and i add more self-love to what i'm doing and i say you know what i'm not going to worry about what happens today i'm just going to go with the flow of it and then i just start writing or creating or getting on camera and stuff And then you look and three hours are gone you're like man that felt so good so now all of a sudden i'm like wait a second Did I just create a structure of non-structure to allow myself to be in flow more? And no joke, so far this year, the lack of structure has been the structure that has been most successful for me to get into
1: flow. Well, if you think about that too, so flow is energy flowing. If you imagine that, then that means opportunity is coming to you too. That's raising your frequency, you know? So I think it's important to think about that. Whenever I'm in flow with my writing work, I have, you know, a voiceover job that will come in. I'll have, I don't have to worry about, I mean, look, I'm in, a, I'm, in a, I'm, I'm in an ideal situation because I have those things set up, those portals of income. But I will say when I allow myself that element of play and creativity, then, then other things fall into place. And I've seen at work, one of my friends was looking for a job. He's an engineer. Um, and the minute, and it took him a year, he was like resume everywhere interviewing, when he started to create music again. I was like, dude, you're going to, you're going to get that job. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, because you're creating music. You're going back to your core why. And he got a job three weeks later. And I was like, it's because you started creating. It's because you started going back to why you did this and why you're pursuing something. And it's an up level. It's a spiritual it up level.
0: It is. And it's an energetic level because I'm yep. a big believer. If Any of us who have been in that sending resumes, sending resumes, that is not a good flow. That's a a very heavy flow. That's not even a flow, it's just very heavy. But if you say, let me give myself permission for an hour to play guitar or to write or to paint or to podcast or do whatever, all of a sudden that energy is a self-love for yourself and at least you're feeding yourself something positive and that's going to radiate and manifest itself in other ways.
1: Yes, and sending an email out after that, Then you're coming from a place, and always, if you can, if you're in fear, try not to send it from there. Go to a place, if you have to go like five minutes and just go into a place of gratitude, then send it from there. Send it from being in service of the person you're sending the email to, because they will feel that, you know?
0: I absolutely love that. And this is actually going to be a transition, because we're going to make this a multiple part podcast episode because what we're going to do next is talk about uh resumes building your own job creating your own opportunities building the world in your image so if you enjoyed this episode the next episode after this is going to be around how to create this life that you want from essentially nothing so caroline before we get to that where can everybody connect with you
1: um, at sea slaughters on Instagram. I promise you, I will start posting. I've taken a little break. Um, and then, um, at, you know, I have my film lamb is out. And so that is the Instagram h- handle is, let me find it really quickly. guys just stand by for a minute. It's at lamb underscore the film. And that's the short film lamb that I did about the the female assistants that led the victims to Weinstein's hotel room.
0: Awesome. So um, what I want to do is hear from you. When do you feel most in flow? Is there any of the topics that we talked about right now that really resonates with you? If so, let us know about it. Let us help you out. Let's jam about this a little bit. You can hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy. Maybe that was money. Tell me that wasn't money. As always, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Sports Marketing Huddle, the number one thing you can do to support us is tell your friends about it. We believe in organic growth, and if you get value out of the free podcast we deliver, then we'd appreciate if you share on social media. If you're looking for some creative sports marketing resources, you can sign up for my newsletter at robcressy.com. I drop bite-sized nuggets of wisdom to get your juices flowing.